You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Today's episode is brought to us by Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA show. It's small market meets big market Wednesdays on Locked On NBA. Join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get podcasts. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day today. Quite a few Timberwolves notes, kind of a smattering of notes to discuss. A little bit more Ben Simmons talk. There's been some more national talk about Simmons. I think now that we're in the kind of the doldrums of the NBA offseason, the national folks are kind of locking in on these rumors and, and the Timberwolves are surfacing as, um, I, I guess, finally a, a semi-realistic destination for Ben Simmons once this whole thing shakes out. So I want to talk about the the takeover at the Ringer NBA show and kind of what they've been saying about Ben Simmons and the Timberwolves. I want to talk about Paul Millsap again. He's uh, finally been officially linked to the Wolves in a rumor. I talked about him last week on this show as a possibility. So uh, another thing that I was um, you know talking about here before the rumor actually came to fruition and then I want to talk about ESPN's power rankings. They updated their power rankings post-draft and post-free agency, the off-season power rankings, where the Wolves rank there and why I disagree with their rankings. So a packed show today, a lot to talk about here um, in the middle of the week. So that will be the program. If you're not already following or subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You can do that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple, as well as Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow Lockdown Wolves on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and my personal Twitter account at B Beacon. That's B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Okay, let's start by talking about the Ben Simmons stuff. So. To be clear, there's no real new rumors um, surrounding the Wolves and Ben Simmons. This is the reason I want to talk about this is is over at the Ringer NBA show. Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon talked about they they spent a decent chunk of their most recent podcast episode talking about Ben Simmons and the Timberwolves. Um, they 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 passed along John Krasinski's report at The Athletic. Of course, John does a fantastic job locally with The Athletic. It has for a long time, previously with The, Associate, previously with the Associated Press. Um, and he, I mean, this isn't new reporting, right? This is, they cite a John Krasinski report from, I believe, over a week ago in an article when John talks about the Timberwolves still being interested in Ben Simmons, you know, not letting go of that dream and, and, and assuming they may need to include a third team because, of course, Philly wants win-now pieces. We know that. This isn't new news, but now that we're at this stage of the offseason, the Timberwolves are finally, you know, the national folks are finally getting around to talking about the Timberwolves. And this was a topic of conversation for 10 minutes or so on the Ringer NBA show. And I don't necessarily disagree with anything that Chris and Kevin said over at the Ringer NBA show. Um, basically, the cliff notes are, hey, you know, the the Wolves... I mean, it's they basically just pass along John's report, right? Like they need to include a third team. And then they discuss what Philadelphia wants to do. They, they key in on the Daryl Morey, Gerson Rosas relationship, which we all know they worked together. Morey was Rosas's boss in Houston for 17 years um, in, in a variety of capacities. And so there's obviously an existing relationship. We know that Morey wants to get Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, more likely Lillard, but he wants to get a superstar to Philadelphia, right? 
in, in a Ben Simmons trade. He wants, he doesn't want the, the haul of this, of the picks. Remember the rumor, the draft week rumor that he had asked Golden State for a combination of pick swaps and straight up picks up to seven first rounders combined between pick swaps and picks from Golden State plus James Wiseman plus Andrew Wiggins. And I've talked about it on the show, obviously Dur- this isn't Daryl Morey's first rodeo. He's going to, he's going to, the opening asking price is going to be astronomical. He's going to end up making a deal with where, you know, wherever he lands somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, and, but, but that's not what he wants to do, right? He doesn't want seven picks because seven picks, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman is a haul. It doesn't, I mean, the Sixers would be a worse team trading Simmons for Wiggins and uh, for Wiggins and Wiseman. They just would be, they wouldn't be the number one seed in the East next year. Like they were last year. Um, so, Kevin O'Connor points out on the Ringer NBA show that the Sixers want to maintain their ability to be a number one seed. They want to add a superstar to play with Joel Embiid and, and the rest of the core that they have together in Philadelphia. And that's why they want Damian Lillard. Now, that's not going to work just the two of them, most likely. Portland's not just going to do that. And I've talked about this on the show several weeks ago now. I talked about the Wolves as a potential third team facilitating such a trade. Portland would be the team that gets all the picks, that gets the you know, potentially Malik Beasley still goes to Philly. Maybe Portland gets D'Angelo Russell or there's some sort of shuffling here. It's a little weird because Portland and Minnesota are in the same division. And that maybe is, is I, I don't think in the NBA that's necessarily going to keep this from happening. It's a little different than baseball or, or football, for instance, when you're making a trade in division, that doesn't happen. Um, it, it happens a little more frequently in the NBA just because it's just a little bit of a different dynamic. So it's weird, but it could happen. If the Wolves are the third team facilitating such, facilitating such a deal, I had a few suggestions back a couple of weeks ago here on the show of how this thing could work. And it's feasible. That's the only way the Wolves can get this done. Um, I think it was Michael Rand at the Star Tribune had suggested earlier, uh, maybe it was late last week or over the weekend, that the Wolves could trade D'Angelo Russell, Jade McDaniels, and a first rounder to Philadelphia. That's not enough. That's not going to get it done. Daryl Morey doesn't get out of bed for that. Not even close. He doesn't wake up for that. Um, he doesn't want D'Angelo Russell on a max contract. He like, he, I'm sure he would love Jade McDaniels, but, and there's still a chance Jade McDaniels becomes a superstar. I, I think he's got really, I mean, Chris Finch said in the interview with the athletics, Britt Robson the other day that he sees Scottie Pippen in Jade McDaniels game. I, I don't hate that comp. There could be some, I mean, obviously it's, it's a sky high similarities, right? Like a, a sky high comparison, uh, kind of pie in the sky, hope that that, you know, maybe that's the the less than 3% outcome that McDaniels becomes Scotty Pippen, a Hall of Famer, right? But if he's a Scotty Pippen or less than 1% outcome, I should say, but if he's a, if he's that version of a player, a point forward type guy who's a, a multiple positional defender, multi-positional defender, uh, then yeah, I mean, there's a chance that happens, but Daryl Morey's not trading Ben Simmons for a lottery ticket. He's trading Ben Simmons for elite level talent. And one first round pick, Jade McDaniels and an overpaid DeAndre Russell does not even, that doesn't even set off the alarm for Daryl Morey to wake up to think about getting out of bed. That's not a thing. The only way this happens for the Timberwolves is if they get a third team involved. And in that scenario, the Wolves would end up with Simmons, the Sixers would get Lillard, the Blazers would get a bunch of picks and probably either Beasley or Russell with the other one going to Philadelphia. And in that scenario, it's probably D'Lo going to Portland. Um, or maybe it's Jade McDaniels going to one of the two teams and Malik Beasley goes to Portland, something like that. It, that could happen. And, and I talked, I had a whole episode about this a couple weeks ago. You can go back and find it where I had two, maybe three options where this could work. One 
one option, one scenario is with no D'Lo involved and, and where the Wolves get to keep him and the other involved D'Lo. That could happen. Um, and they and they don't talk on the Ringer NBA show, O'Connor and Vernon don't talk specifically about Blazers, Wolves, Sixers, three-team trade. They talk about the Wolves needing a third team for a Simmons trade and the Sixers looking f- to acquire Damon Lillard. They don't quite connect those dots, but I'm doing it for you. That is how this could happen. It, it's not likely to happen that way. I think the most likely scenario is Simmons opens the season in Philadelphia and they figure something out a little bit down the road uh, because Daryl Morey is not afraid to, to kind of play this thing out a little further, um, I, I don't think. So all that to say, that's my take on this. Also, by the way, I listened to, I was a little behind. I don't always listen, full disclosure, to the Ringer NBA show. I listened to their take on the Pat, Patrick Beverly trade and it was a little a little rusty, uh, clear um, that there wasn't a whole lot of Timberwolves watching going on there. But um they they don't they don't hate on it as much as the as much as some of the other national sites. I talked about this last week that I was just appalled at like some of the CBS Sports, some of these different takes. What are the Wolves doing? Added a veteran. Um, well, they're trying to win is what they're trying to do, and and they actually O'Connor and Vernon have a pretty good take in that there's only you know there's 13 teams in the West that are going to vie for 10 spots. It's only Oklahoma City and Houston that are going to be on the outside looking in for sure, or at least they know that they're on the outside looking in. Then you look at you know San Antonio's maybe your 12th team. And then from there, it's it's probably Sacramento 11 or maybe Sacramento's 12 and, and San Antonio's 11. This is me talking now. And then, and actually we'll get into this last segment. We talk power rankings. So let's save that. Um, I, I don't want to like fully rank the Western Conference yet, but their point was there's only two teams that aren't going to be in the mix for one of the top 10 spots and the play-in round at least in the Western Conference this year. So go ahead and listen to that uh, over at The Ringer. That's The Ringer NBA show with Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon. And, and they do a good job. Um, but I thought that the uh, the Simmons take was interesting, to say the least. Next, I want to talk about Paul Millsap. I want to talk about remaining free agents. I want to talk about a take on the Timberwolves offseason from David Aldridge over at The Athletic as well. So let's get to all that next. First, though, let's talk about our new friends at Sweat Block. Guys, there's a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is, of course, excessive sweating. You know when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason. It happens to almost everybody, and it's definitely embarrassing. Some of you may know. I personally have dealt with this sometimes when I speak in public, sometimes if it's uh, you know an interview, important speech, whatever it might be. Um, I'd rather not worry about it, and that's why I started to use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. It's a new thing for me, and it's awesome. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, the next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day. You don't worry about sweat at all, guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true. I literally only had to use sweat block once this week. It's kept me dry so far the entire week. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. Sweat block is doctor created and doctor recommended. It works for up to 10 days per use and there's a dry shirt guaranteed. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13 thousand reviews. Wear whatever you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence, and it's a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation, a hot date, an interview, a speech, whatever it might be, everyone can benefit. If you or someone you love is dealing with an issue of, of perspiration, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. You can also find it on Amazon or at CVS. But again, sweatblock.com, promo code locked on for 20% off. That's sweatblock.com. Promo code locked on. 
Hey, let's also talk about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So last week I talked about some of the best remaining free agents and some of the guys that I thought, I think this was Friday's show, some of the guys I thought the Wolves could go after um, from anywhere from a vet minimum contract to say the Jared Vanderbilt thing falls through, uh, you know, what could they do? And and there's still optimism around Vanderbilt. There was a report uh, just the other day, I think this was also John Krasinski about, or maybe it was Darren Wolfson. Um, those guys both do such a great job. So I hate to, I hate to misrepresent, but it was one of the two of them, I promise, uh, who said that the Vanderbilt, there's still optimism around Vanderbilt returning. He's, of course, a restricted free agent. There's undoubtedly some other teams interested, although the cap space, remaining cap space for teams is, is uh, it's definitely dried up quite a bit. Um, the most likely scenario is still Jared Vanderbilt comes back, maybe Jordan McLaughlin or another veteran point guard signs at a vet minimum deal, and Leandro Balmaro ultimately comes, you know, he's in Minneapolis. We would expect the contract to be signed any day. That's the most likely scenario. If it doesn't happen, if Vanderbilt ends up elsewhere, Paul Millsap, to me, and I said this, this hasn't been, the Wolves have not been linked to Paul Millsap, to my knowledge, in any rumor until this week. Uh, but I brought up Millsap a couple of weeks ago and then dug in a little bit more on him last week as a great fit for the Wolves. If they don't have Vanderbilt, they could give Jared, or they, excuse me, they could give Paul Millsap a good chunk of what's left of their cap space, which I believe is about eight and a half million. I don't know, give him, you know, most of it, if not all of it on a one-year deal to come in and be your starting four. That pushes Jaden McDaniels either to the three and Beasley to the bench, or maybe McDaniels to the bench as your primary backup at the three and the four. He could still play 28, 30 minutes a game. Um, you know, Millsap's not going to play more than probably 26 minutes a game, but he could be your starting four, set the tone defensively at an offensive element um, alongside Carl Anthony Towns. And he's always been a perfect compliment for Towns if the Wolves could bring him in. Remember, Tom Thibodeau tried to sign him uh, three, four off seasons ago before he signed his initial deal in Denver. So I guess that would have been uh, uh, four, four off seasons ago. He signed a two-year deal in Denver, signed another one-year deal last year, and now he's a free agent after the, the Nuggets replaced him with Jeff Green for some reason. So Millsap could come in and be the starter next to Carl Anthony Towns. And he's a fantastic fit. Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report is now reporting that that's a legitimate, like the Wolves actually have interest in Paul Millsap. Um, now, it's not, you know, he lists a, a variety of teams. We've we've heard Golden State, th that the Warriors have been one of the teams that's most interested in Millsap. Uh, Jake Fisher also mentions the Atlanta Hawks, Brooklyn Nets, New Orleans Pelicans, Philadelphia 76ers, and the Timberwolves. Um, but he also notes that nobody's close to getting a deal with Millsap. Now, the the reason why Millsap doesn't end up in Minnesota is, is obvious. I mean, plan A for them, I believe, is still Jared Vanderbilt. And also plan A for Paul Millsap is to get minutes on a team in championship contention. Of that list, you could obviously, I think you could count the Warriors with a healthy Steph Curry and Clay Thompson in that boat, Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I don't know if I'd call them true. Well, I shouldn't say they're not championship contenders. They were the Eastern Conference Finals last year, but you could put them in that category because they were one of the final four teams last year. So Golden State, Atlanta, Brooklyn, 
and the Sixers are all finals contenders. The Pelicans and the Wolves are the two that aren't. They're the two that are, you know, on the bubble of the Western Conference playoffs heading into the season. That or that's where they're expected to be. Both young and up, young up and coming teams with superstars. Obviously, New Orleans case Zion Williamson and in the Wolves case Towns, who have under the stars themselves haven't necessarily underachieved to some extent. They have, but the team as a whole needs to be lifted. Millsap is more likely, in my mind, to sign a, a smaller deal with less minutes, you know, guaranteed to him, in order to have a shot at winning a championship from a team like Golden State. Atlanta, obviously he's got a history there, Brooklyn, you know, all teams where he could, he could sign up to get less minutes and less money, but a better chance at a championship. The Wolves could give him a little bit more money. Um, you know, not as much as he's making last year. He, I think was on a $10 million a year, $10 million deal last year in Denver, a little less money than last year. Uh, but they could give him a role. I mean, he was playing less than 20 minutes a game. I think it was like 12, 14 minutes a game in the playoffs with Denver last season. Uh, just a few months ago in Minnesota, the wolves could give him a starting role in 20 plus 24, 25, 26 minutes a game. And Jaden McDaniels is really your only competition unless you're going to play Nas Reed at the four. Um, you know, Jared in this scenario, Vanderbilt's not back. So Millsaps, you're starting four. you split some backup four minutes between Nas Reed in big lineups. And, uh, you know, Nathan Knight's your two way guy. You can also have, um, Obviously, Jaden McDaniels is going to play the three and the four. So that's a real scenario. And and so I, that's something I brought up last week, talked about a little bit more in depth. I believe it was Friday's show. You can go back and listen to that. But Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, now saying that the Wolves are a team that's interested in Millsap. He also says in this article, and, and this, is, this article is about Millsap and J.J. Redick, both of those guys are in no hurry to pick a team, according to Fisher, because they had such a short offseason last year. There's barely any cap space. It's not like there's a race you know, to, to, to be signed to, to get the check. Right. Uh, because teams don't have cap space. I mean, there, there's no, like the money's already dried up. So signing faster, isn't going to get you more money at this point. So both guys can, can sit back. They can wait for the best situation to shake out, whether it's injuries, um, on a, on a, you know, one of the top four, six, eight teams in the league, or, you know, on another team where maybe more minutes can open up. And those guys are going to take likely minutes matter less, right? The whole reason, you know, one of the main reasons you want more minutes is to prove your value to then get a bigger contract. And these guys are in their late thirties. They're, they're done with their next big contract. They're just looking for one year deals now. And so I, ultimately I don't think Millsap ends up in Minnesota because of that. I think he'd rather go to a Brooklyn and Atlanta, a golden state, a, a you know, one of the a Philadelphia a team like that, that's got a better shot at winning a title than the Timberwolves, um, a significantly better shot. All that to say, it's great to see the wolves connected to him. And my point still stands from last week that if, depending on how things shake out, that's a real, that's a possibility the Wolves could end up with Paul Millsap and Millsap, no doubt, knows that he'd have a role in Minnesota. And there's, there's, I'm sure that adding a veteran like Patrick Beverly, I'm sure adding a Torian Prince, who I believe was, I think, uh, he might've missed Millsap in Atlanta by a year. Um, but I don't know that they were actually teammates, but adding veterans like Prince and Beverly who have playoff experience and, and have a reputation for being tough. And at least certainly in the case of Beverly, uh, defensive minded players, Millsap could find that attractive in Minnesota and, and uh, look at that as a possibility. Um, so we'll see. I, I wouldn't bet money on it. I still think Vanderbilt coming back, Balmaro signing, and then McLaughlin or other veteran point guard on a vet minimum deal are the three moves the Wolves have left in them this offseason, um, you know, short of something massive happening like a Simmons deal. So that's my bet for what happens. But keep an eye on Millsap. Let's see where he lands. Uh, my guess is he doesn't sign anywhere for several weeks, if not a couple of months. Uh, but we'll see.
Okay. I want to finish by talking about briefly David Aldridge's article at The Athletic about the NBA's best and worst off seasons, where he has the Wolves ranked. And then um, related, where ESPN has the Timberwolves ranked in their offseason power rankings, um, the updated ones here after free agency and after the draft. So we're going to hit all of that here to close the show today. First, though, let's talk about our fantastic friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I promise you that. I have at least one every single day um, on my way home from work. It's the perfect after work snack. Gives me energy. Helps me stay awake for the commute home and get ready for the evening. Um, it's a it's a great after workout snack. Can even be a meal replacement type bar. Um, and there's tons of flavors to pick from. There's nine kind of staple flavors, and they rotate through some new ones. Uh, my favorites of the staple flavors: cherry barcia, mint brownie, cookies, and cream are the three best. Anything with caramel, anything with coconut. They're all great. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors of Built Bars. Not only are Built Bar protein bars flavorful and the best tasting, but they're also healthy. Check out the macros in Built Bars. They all have 17 or 18 grams of protein. Calories range from just 130 to 180 per bar, only four to five grams of sugar and just four to five grams net carbs. All the flavors taste amazing and they're all healthy for you. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again. All eyes are turning to football. Teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000, 200K NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when you sign up and use promo code NFL100. Again, that's NFL100 as the promo code. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Again, BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts to sign up and get a 50% welcome bonus. The promo code's locked on. To uh, take part in the opening day, the football super promo, you can get refunded up to $25 for new customers. Sign up and use promo code NFL100. Again, that's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, um, briefly here, the athletics, David Aldridge, who of course has been part of NBA.com and NBA TV for a long time, he wrote an article about the NBA's best and worst off seasons, and he had the Timberwolves ranked 30th. And he basically says in the article, I'm paraphrasing now, of course, you need a subscription to read The Athletic. He really doesn't say much of note, um, but he he pretty much says somebody's got to be last. There's a, quite a few teams that didn't do much. And the Wolves, not only did they not do anything, but they didn't have a single draft pick. And they, you know, made moves on the fringe uh, of the roster and, and didn't do anything to help their superstars. This is true. And I'm not upset at Aldridge for putting the Wolves last because he's right. Somebody's got to be last. But it's hard to argue that swapping out Jarrett Culver, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Ricky Rubio for Patrick Beverly, Torian Prince, and a second-round pick made the team worse. Um, and I guess he's not really arguing that. And he docks them a little bit for trading Jarrett Culver, which, by the way, this is something else that was talked about on the Ringer NBA show. I talked about this first segment, and I didn't mention this part of it. 
But Vernon like really went after Gerson Rosas for trading Jarrett Culver less than 100 games into his NBA career. And I could probably do a whole segment talking about my take on Jarrett Culver. And, and I've talked, this has been sprinkled throughout the show now for a long time. But the, the two sides of this that you can obviously take are, what a bust, you know, what a mistake by the Wolves to trade up, pick a guy at six, and then give up on him less than 100 games into his career, two pandemic-shortened seasons, no real preseason training camp, you know, before the second year, no real offseason, couldn't work with the coaching staff, et cetera, last offseason. How could they give up on him? You know, how could this be celebrated to, to bring in a, a $14 million a year backup point guard who's 33 and Patrick Beverly and Jettison, a guy who was the number six overall pick just over two calendar years ago? I get that argument if you don't watch the Timberwolves. If you watch the Timberwolves and you know how badly Jarrett Culver struggled, and again, apparently a great guy, worked hard. I wish nothing but the best for him, and I mean that. He was not good. He was a very bad basketball player the last two years, two seasons, and I, and I know that they've been weird, but he wasn't going to start the year in the rotation. He was not going to be in their top 10 guys on this team, so why not trade him now when he's got some value? If he sits on the bench for another four months, do you think he's going to have value at the trade deadline? No, the answer is no. Uh, so the, the flip side of this is you get value where you can. You cut your losses. You admit, you admit your mistake. So many GMs double down. Remember when the Wolves, this is different, but there's some similarities. Remember when the Wolves drafted Wes Johnson at four over DeMarcus Cousins at five? And eventually the Wolves had to attach a draft pick to Wes Johnson to trade him and get off of his money to to make cap space, to make some other, you know, pro, I, I believe they were terrible offseason moves as usual, uh, but they had to attach a draft pick to get rid of Wes Johnson. Culver's got a similar contract to what that was. Wes Johnson was the fourth pick, Culver's the sixth pick. The Wolves actually got something in return of value for Jared Culver. So Aldridge dings them for this. Chris Vernon at the ringer, you know, dings them for this. Kevin O'Connor actually made a good point in, in Rosa. You know, he commended Rosas for admitting his mistake by drafting Culver. And, and they didn't mention this, but everybody around these parts, you know, everybody, all Timberwolves fans know they wanted Darius Garland. They didn't want Jarrett Culver. Culver was who they picked after Cleveland took Garland at five. Um, this was, this was an admission of a, of a mistake and they cut their losses when they did. And it, it sucks that that's the position they were in but Rosas made the right call. So related to that, ESPN rolled out their offseason NBA power rankings, post-free agency, post-draft. The Timberwolves did not budge. This is done by a panel of ESPN experts, um, several guys, Tim Bontemps, Dick Friedel, Andrew Lopez, Dave McDamon, Kevin Peltman, Royce Young at ESPN. Have the Wolves ranked, drum roll please, number 25 on their offseason power rankings, same place they were, post-finals, before the draft and free agency, uh, I'm just going to read what, what Roy said. This isn't an, an insider article, so you can go find this on ESPN. This posted, I think, on Tuesday of this week, or uh, I think it was Monday, actually. This was, uh, so this blurb was written by Royce Young. He says, the Wolves are hoping their late season momentum will carry into the 21-22 season when the roster has been complete. The Wolves have been competitive and they progress on both ends of the floor under coach Chris Finch. Their only offseason move was to deal for Patrick Beverly, bailing on 22-year-old Jared Culver a head-scratching deal on multiple fronts. But Beverly gives the Wolves more toughness and leadership, and if Anthony Edwards can elevate towards stardom, that might be the kind of team that surprises the league next season. This is a great write-up, except for the sentence in the middle that I just I just systematically debunked why that's a head-scratching deal. I just, I don't know how, I'm not really sure how else to approach this other than um, 
that's just not the right take. It just is not the right take. The Timberwolves made the right trade by trading Jarrett Culver and Wancho Hernan Gomez for Patrick Beverly. That is the right move to make. I I feel like we're going to get back to this later in the offseason because I, I can't, I'm so baffled that there's so many folks who are smart. And Royce Young's a very good writer. And I live in Oklahoma City, covered the Thunder, was on the Thunder beat for a while and has been a national guy now for a while too. Very good. But that's the wrong take. It's just not, it's just not correct. Um, and it's so black and white in my mind that this, this was a slam dunk deal. And uh, again, if, if you are a regular listener, I don't always commend the Wolves for what they do. And I call them how I see them. This was the right move to make. Um, okay, I want to focus briefly on where they're ranked. The teams are ahead of the Detroit Pistons at 26, Cleveland at 27, Orlando Magic at 28, Houston at 29, and the Thunder at number 30. So the Wolves are at 25. They're definitely better than those four teams that they're ranked ahead of. Excuse me, five teams. There's no question about that. that that's, that's about right. Now, they're one spot behind Sacramento, which is asinine. Uh, there's no, in no world should they be ranked behind the Sacramento Kings. I get the Kings won eight more games. I understand that. It doesn't matter. They're not, they're not better than the Wolves. They have a much worse roster. The Wolves have like three guys better than the best player on the Sacramento Kings. I, I, I understand they have Buddy Heald. De'Aaron Fox is fun. Terry's Halliburton's great. He was a fantastic rookie. You know, uh, you could argue he had a better start to finish season than Anthony Edwards. He doesn't have a higher ceiling than Anthony Edwards, obviously. It's two different things, but they're not better than the Wolves. They just are not. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs are 23. That one you could at least argue, but I, they're not, also not... They're also not better than the Wolves. So they're, I've got the Wolves at 23 at least. And then the next probably four teams we could quibble about. New Orleans at 22, Washington at 21, Toronto 20, Chicago 19. I don't think you could put the Wolves ahead of the Pacers at 18 or Charlotte at 17, but they're in that same neighborhood, right? The 17, 18, 19 realm. I would put them ahead of New Orleans at 22. I would put them ahead of Washington at 21. I get they remade their roster, but I still think the Wolves are a better team. The Wolves in the West are better than the Wizards in the East. Remember, the Wizards made the playoffs below 500, and now they've remade their roster on Bradley Beal. It's going to take them a minute to, to figure that thing out. I would still put the Wolves probably, yeah, Toronto and Chicago I struggle with. Honestly, I probably have the Wolves like at 2021, 20, you know, somewhere maybe between the Bulls and the Raptors. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, the Wolves are will be in the top 10 in the West this year, and, and I think we could probably safely rank them, given that the West will be so much better than the East once again. They'll probably finish the year 16, 17, 18 in power rankings, but right now, I'm comfortable ranking them right around 20. 25 is just too low. It's probably at least four, if not five spots too low. Uh, there's no, in no world are the Wolves worse than the Kings, and in, in basically no world are they definitely worse than, worse than the Spurs and the Pelicans you know, Wizards, Bulls, Raptors. Uh, so not, I don't know. The rankings are not good. Um, now, of course, I say this after years of the Wolves being overranked in the offseason and people expecting them to be better than they are. But I think this is the year it's got to swing the other way. Again, again, given relative health, and I talked about that on Monday, given relative health, this team is not a bottom five team in the league. Uh, and I get the not giving them respect thing, but like, just look at the roster. It's not. It's not a bottom five team in the league. There's just, it's just a, a really terrible take. Um, okay. I've spent enough time on the soapbox on today's show. So we'll, uh, we'll call it there. Um, of course, we'll be back on Friday and, uh, and um, you know, any news that comes up in the meantime, if anything big happens, as always, we'll jump into an emergency podcast. So be sure that if you're not already following or subscribed 
to Locked On Wolves that you do so anywhere you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple, Spotify, Google, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. A reminder that today's show was brought to us by Wednesdays on Locked On NBA, the Locked On NBA podcast. It's small market meets big market Wednesdays on Locked On NBA. Join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get podcasts. And of course, a reminder, Locked On Wolves is part of the Locked On NBA excuse me, the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. That's all we have for you today. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Quick reminder about Lockdown Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.